Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm David and Bepper. And we have another show with another awesome guest, a new Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network member. What is your name, sir? Ben Nafis. Ben Nafis. All right. So whenever you see it written down, if you go to the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network website and you see him, it's Nafis. Okay. It's not Nephis, not Neophis. We went through it. Um, Broncos are playing tonight. This is uh, happening a week after that. Anyway, I don't even know why I timestamp these things with details. But, you know, go Broncos. Nay. Nafis. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so after, you know, the game hasn't happened yet, they've either won or lost. Either way, I'm still going to talk about them Broncos. But, you know, what's uh, more important is to talk about apologetics because we want to talk about Jesus Christ. We want to show the world and uh, basically take the world's thought and make it and put it into the obedience of Christ. That's what we're about at the Tag Your It podcast. And so we wanted to bring another brand new uh, Missouri Baptist apologetics member uh, on the podcast because. Uh, we're not just tag you're it we're also a part of the missouri baptist apologetics network and we like to support our brothers and sisters um, as we co-labor especially whenever we're talking about teaching how to defend the faith so welcome man welcome to the show and uh just thank you for your time and your work to come on and i just can't wait to be able to hear your story and let everybody else hear what's going on and uh, just see how we can still come together and work together as apologists in the missouri baptist network so before we do that, though, Adam does oh, yes. have two reminders that we want to make do, sure that we are plugging. One is a Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network event, and that mm-hmm. is a debate. And Adam will put up that flyer I, for you. I'm going but to. I'm the going resolve to. is what does the Bible say about end times? And of course, Adam is debating right that debate, as well as Gabriel Zalea. Colton Wright and Dennis Jackson. It is October 23rd, 2022 at the St. Charles Convention Center in the Junior Ballroom CND lower level. It is a free event. There will be snacks provided. All you have to do is show up wondering what the Bible says about end times, and Mm -hmm. you will get four different views on what Scripture says about end times. It should be an exceptional debate because... I know for a fact I have taught at least three of these people how to debate, and I've debated two of these people and debated beside one of these people. A few times. A few times you and me have done And you can't show partiality and you can't show favoritism, you know, like all those cool things. So yes, I'll uh, try not to, Adam. I mean, even though I do have a position, in I don't. This I game. yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to be mean to me. I know how you are. Whenever you get like in in the zone, man. Like yeah, my wife even is like, whenever Dave gets in the zone, <laughs> it's, it's awesome to see you. It's like buzz saw. It's awesome. But so I'm gonna miss that. But you know, uh, it's gonna be fun, and uh, I'm still gonna be in the room with you. That's right. So, well, it's yes. really going to be a fun debate. And Ben, I hope you're able to make it. I don't know if you've been to an annual meeting or if you're able to go. But it should be live streamed from the Tagurit page is our mm-hmm. hope on that. Hopefully the sound will work well and my camera will work well. 
And then so. maybe within the year, next year, your uh, picture's up on a flyer with a debate, too. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. mind. All right. We've got his okay already. So, yeah. Will Hoffman or whoever the next El Presidente is after we vote again this year in our Apologetics Network meeting, whoever that is, you've heard it. You've already got one debater. So you can throw whatever topic. He's already said okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know you were being trapped, Ben. <laughs> you know what? I have to- that's all right. Let's do this. Yes. All right. Good, good. He's good to go. So, yes. And we also have one more awesome thing um, that is coming up, and it is – it's on the screen now, right? Yes, I believe so. Yes, it is the Go Therefore Abolish Abortion Conference, and this is at my church, Redeemer Church. I got a brand-new shirt, got the hat. You know, I'm really part of the family over there. Love my church family. But, yeah, Redeemer Church is presenting the Go Therefore Abolish Abortion Conference on October 15th. That's here in Springfield, Missouri. We've got uh, speakers. I'll be talking about uh, just the whole motif of the abolitionist repent with us. Um, we've got Dusty Devers uh, talking about uh, what does te- what does Jesus teach or what does Jesus have to say? What is his teachings on the matter? James Silverman is going to be talking about how to build. Um, Bill Askell is going to be uh, teach them how to love. And then Brett Baggett's going to be talking to the so now what? Now that uh, we have seen the teachings and all this stuff, what do we do now with abolition in our, in our church, in our community, or churches and communities? It's not just about Redeemer Church. It's about what we can all do. So, yeah, it says Redeemer Church invites the skeptic, pro-lifer, abolitionist, and pro-choicer to come and hear Abolitionists speak at this conference, which consists of five speakers, concluding with a question and answer panel. And by the way, Wes Scroggins of Abolish Abortion Missouri will be on that question and answer panel so we can get a little bit more what's going on in Missouri kind of questions and he can answer those. But the goal is to consider how this movement measures up with what God has called his people to be and what his people ought to be doing according to his words. So if you want to hold up your phone to that image right now, that QR code will take you to gtaacon.eventbrite.com. Uh, tickets are available for $10 for an individual and family for $20. And we just really want to make sure the, these Oklahoma boys that spend a lot of time um, doing conferences, uh, going out to the the mills, um, going to the their, their senators and representatives, and they're just there on point. So everybody that's speaking here, we are involved in multiple ways, and so we want to make sure that they get taken care of, um, at least to make the trip to uh, speak and give us a lot of insight and information on um, how we can do this in Missouri especially. So, yeah, make sure you get that on the calendars. Make sure you get your tickets. Again, October 15th, the Go Therefore Abolish Abortion conference and so that gets rid of our housekeeping for the show today so let's uh get right into again our boy benjamin nephis nephis i did it i did i've been trying to pronounce it it. ah benjamin nephis a fellow uh now co you know he's a co-laborer with us on the missouri baptist apologetics network um so give us just a little bit of a bio about yourself let us know who you are uh where you're at and uh, we'll go from there yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, I, uh, I'm married. I've got a beautiful, wonderful wife. Uh, her name is Cecile and two beautiful children, truly blessed Ava and Caleb, uh, Ava just turned 10 and my son's eight. So yeah, very excited to be in their lives and kind of, um, guiding them through life. It's, 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 uh, definitely an ongoing enlightening experience and I love it. Um, 
and uh, my passion for uh, serving God, I mean, that took a while. So kind of my background, I um, let's see, I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado. Um, my dad, uh, <laughs> my, my dad uh, worked at the Museum of Nature and Science, um, and I pretty much grew up there. I spent most of my young life um, there, uh, spending time with him, just getting to know. I loved science. I loved natural science, astronomy, um, biology, geology. I loved them all. I uh, used to volunteer at the museum and I had a great time doing that. Um, and then uh, ended up um, Ended up a little bit later, just getting in trouble as a youth and then spent some time, uh, you know, or spent a little bit of time outside of the home, just going through some stuff. But then um, and while I was going through that, went through a lot of turmoil, uh, just relationally with family and other people. Uh, there was a little bit of back and forth trying to figure out who or is there a God? What is God? Now, with that being said, my mom was a uh, was a Christian or is a Christian, um, and, but I never really got a good foundation as to what it meant to be a Christian um, and the foundation of that relationship that, that that God is calling us all into. So this challenge and this back and forth from the naturalist point of view and from the science side to my mom, my mom's Christianity, I knew I always I have to say I always knew there was something about this Jesus guy. I just didn't know what it was. Um, then uh, ended up turning around and, and, you know, I went to some youth groups for a while. And then even when I got closer to, to being uh, a late teenager, went went and had a few or there was a couple moments where I would say there was false conversion for me um, of feeling excited in a moment, going down, confessing something. But it was all brain, no heart. There was no mm. change in my life yeah. at all. Um, and, uh, and then, um, ended up, uh, getting a great job or ended up getting a job, uh, where I got to tour on, uh, Broadway national tours, um, and did that for a number of years, um, and traveled all over the, all over the country, got a chance to travel all over the world. Uh, and at that point I had just turned away from any idea of faith. It was, I would say that I was. Uh, I guess Richard Dawkins put the best. You, you mm. either have you have an atheist on one side and an agnostic on the other, and it's a scale of one to ten, right? And really, you, you're gonna find you're gonna find the agnostic is either gonna be or you're gonna either be a four, five, or a six, right? You're gonna kind of swing back and forth. You can claim to be an atheist, but really can't prove one way or the other. So you're gonna really just balance back and forth. So I would say um, I spent most uh, a lot of turmoil in that. Um, and trying to figure out, is there a God? Isn't there a God? And to be honest, I, at a certain point, I just stopped caring and mm -hmm. started living my life the way I wanted to live it. And, um, and that was a, uh, that was the dark point in my life. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, now I would say that I was a casual Christian, meaning if somebody were to ask, depending on the environment, right? If somebody were to ask, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But my exposure to Christians was very, very minimal. And I, you know, in a certain way, it's like, yeah, I, I, I believe in God. And, you know, all religions point back to one religion. Sure, I'm a Christian, you know, but at the same time, somebody else would be like, ah, not really. That, that religious stuff really isn't for me. 
So I was playing, I was having like this double edge or a double-sided life, um, mm. uh, depending on where I was. Uh, yeah. And then in 2009, I met the woman uh, who just came into my life and changed everything. <laughs> she, mm. um, my now when she when she and I met, um, we hit it off immediately. I was never going to get married. Uh, and I invited her to come, uh, see one of my shows and, or I, sorry, I invited my friend to come see a show and she was the plus one. Uh, we hit it off and three months uh, later we were married. And Man, you know what? That's really, that's awesome. Cause like me and my wife, um, she was, uh, a friend of a girl that I was seeing and, uh, she wasn't doing too hot that night that they came to a show. So I ended up talking to my wife or my then you know, didn't even know her, you know, she didn't really know me, but we ended up talking. There's like six months later we hung out and it wasn't too long after that, that we were exclusive. And then, you know, 16 years. So that's, that's an awesome, that's, I, I like that story. So we both have like the, the going to a show experience and the plus one. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. I just had to be like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. No, it's great. I mean, we at this point we've been married 13 years, and I don't regret a single second of it. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I'm truly blessed. So yeah, no, uh, three months. You know, I I believe uh, I believe God knew exactly what He was doing when He brought us together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's from South Africa, and we um, so she was here at a gap uh, in a gap year. Uh, and like I said, after three months, we hit it off and she was raised as a Christian. She's, she, she's always been very solid, um, in, in her faith and knowing, knowing what she believes. And when we met, she asked me, you know, are you a Christian? Um, and it wasn't until after we got married, she started asking me questions about certain topics like, uh, like marijuana and abortion and certain heavy things and was very shocked by my answers claiming to be a Christian, uh, because I definitely did not have any conservative viewpoint at all. I was very, uh, I was very liberal in a lot of mindset. Um, and I was also, um, and again, my faith, like in, in talking with her, it was, it was wishy-washy. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Christian as much as one could be, you know, for, for a Bible that's outdated and we can't really know what's, what's in there or what was originally there or any of those things that I used to challenge other Christians with. Um, and that was, uh, so after we got married, a lot of things started to get unpacked with that, um, uh, with her and um but some of the other things too when when i was going through that stage in my life of being an uh, agnostic atheist um i would usually counter and challenge christians i used to be an apologist more for the other side of of being an agnostic uh, and an atheist and would challenge them um i and there's there's one young man i remember I, I feel horrible about this. He he came up and he just wanted to share his love of Jesus with me and the group of people that I was with. And uh, I turn around and um, used a little bit of scripture that I knew and then also inserted some of my own things in there. But he didn't know it well enough to defend the things that I was saying. So uh, in that case, um, I tried to I over intellectualized in the conversation in order to catch him off guard and push him away and dismantle his argument. Mm. Um, and he left very defeated. Uh, and, and I, 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 I look back and I feel horrible 
uh, for that moment. But I even see in that mm. moment, God preparing me, preparing that in my heart for other things in the future. Um, even though, and, and I, I pray that he continue, he went back and he learned and he, he grew. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you have to deal with the fact that like, why did you feel bad? about dismantling him. I, I like, did not you know feel why. bad at yeah. the time. Yeah. Didn't you didn't feel okay, bad so the time. you didn't no. now okay, you didn't feel bad. I, okay, I didn't know if that was like a a moment where it's like you had that like why why do I feel bad about this? <laughs> okay, so you you didn't at the time. Okay. No, I was on I an intellectual you. high yeah. at that point. Okay. I was just like, yeah, yeah look at this, mm. you know, but I mm. mean, I I in my mind, I always thought I was the smartest person in the room. To be honest, that was that was really the thing um, that that drove a lot of things for me. I had to be the smartest person in the room, and uh, it wasn't until much later I discovered the very simple fact that everyone is smarter than I am in one way or another, yeah. and I just and I can learn and grow from everybody that I encounter, no matter who they are. Well, Ben, let me step back just a little bit into some of your bio. You shared that you grew up in a home where your dad was giving tours at a natural science museum. If I understood correctly, you were really drawn to that. So tell me a little bit about your childhood and some of these um, stepping stones that drove you into the uh, apologist position for atheism and kind of how you managed that as you said you were kind of a nominal you know, Christians. So tell me about who you were listening to and maybe some significant steps in that process when you really began to embrace that uh, atheism. I would have to say it was um, being, I, I, I was a very intelligent child and continued getting praise about my intelligence. Um, and with my dad working at the museum, I also threw myself into reading books. I loved astronomy. They would have the astronomy nights there. Uh, and there was a lot of affirmation for me. The more I continued to grow in areas, uh, in the science areas and academically, um, and I really, uh, I would have to say, I started, I found my identity in that. I mm. found my identity in um, being uh, the intellectual student, the 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 teacher's pet, the um, having all the right answers. Uh, in fact, a, one a foundational moment for me, even in that, was uh, I remember I was, I think I was in second or third grade, and our librarian asked us if I was to drop this piece of paper straight down and this and a bowling ball at the same time which one would hit the ground first and i came up with some super over complicated answers all the all the other kids looked at me and then she turned around and said nope they'd hit it exactly the same time and and just like it it, it that caught me off guard and all of a sudden my identity was crushed and i didn't mm. you know and that was just a, that was as a child and at that point i was like i'm i don't want that to happen again so uh really just threw myself into um, into that. Now I, I and I still love the sciences. I still love going out and staring at the stars, and I look at it with a different perspective now. Um, but it was really about knowing the facts and and the affirmation. I I, I have to say uh, one of the other pieces, and maybe I'll get into a little bit later as we talk about um, certain things that uh, help me unpack stuff. But I, I felt chosen and included in a group of peers that were intellectuals. I, I, I did not feel that way in any of the youth groups or the churches. There wasn't that mm. affirmation of belonging. Um, so that was that was a that was probably a big piece for me. 
Hmm. Well, tell me a little bit. You you meet this beautiful woman who's a Christian, and you are um, still wrestling. It sounds like with salvation, with Christian faith, with knowing what it means to not just confess Christ, but to live in the newness of life. So tell me a little bit about some of those struggles, because that sounds like a really tricky place to be in a marriage. It really was. Um, So for uh, a number of years uh, that we were married, we traveled together um, and spent a lot of our time together. Um, And then uh, we had my daughter Ava. Um, and I was given the opportunity to have a job that took me, um, off the road a little bit more, but I still had to be on the road quite a bit. I I would, I I went out and started managing tours. And in that process, I started living a double life, really being torn between two different worlds. I'd go out to the tours and kind of just hang out and have these opportunities to party. And then on the other side, um, I'd come home and go to church with my wife and, and go do, uh, and, and try to be the family guy. And that was really tearing me apart. There was an inner struggle over my heart that was going back and forth where I was, and I would say I was definitely, I started out pretending to be a Christian. I was showing up, paying attention. I immediately started seeking after uh, that affirmation, the desire to feel included and belong to this group. So I wanted to talk to the pastor. I wanted to really get to know the pastor and like, um, try to intellectualize Christianity. Um, and at the same time, like unpack, I I had a really hard time, um, really believing a lot of the stuff in scripture and and believing that scripture was actually accurate and true, especially all the stuff that I had heard in the past, uh, never investigated myself. I heard it and repeated the myths and the stuff that, that, that I had heard in the past. Um, but that was that inner, inner turmoil that really tore things apart, living this double life. And yeah. during that time, Ben, are you still listening to some of the Dawkins lectures, yeah. uh, some atheist apologists? Are they still playing a significant role in at least the way you're dealing with things? Or had you kind of tuned them out and just said, OK, really, I'm just going to play the game and I don't have to worry about intellectualizing the Christian faith because I can get away with doing these things that are contrary to it. And no one knows, but me and it's cool. I, to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to anybody at that point. I was just going through life and felt like I had a lot of it figured out already. Hmm. little did hmm. i know i had nothing figured out i'm just being honest right there i, yeah, I understand don't, so, so yeah. Like I don't yeah so you're in so you're in the band you're doing the double life thing there, going on you know parties party scene and then coming home and then playing the christian stuff and you just said um you hadn't really gotten into uh the dawkins or the hitchens or the dennett all that kind of stuff yet right so um yep. i mean if you if there's anything else in between that time um that's uh, that's just kind of where i picked up on because i know in your on, if you go to uh, Missouri Baptist apologetic, or if you go to MoBaptist.org/apologetics, you can go down. You can find his picture. You can hit more info, and then you're going to read a biography that says that he was a um, atheist apologist. So it's like you know he goes from 
this apologist over here to, you know, now he's not, he's an apologist on this side of it. So what, like, where's the point, I guess, in the story where like, what brought you to the point where you're, you're doing this thing, you're doing that. I'm an agnostic in this spectrum here, either I'm atheist or I'm, I'm leaning in here. And then now it's sort of actually coming out in your life to where you're like, I'm partying, but I'm trying to be a Christian family man just for fun. And this is all fun on two sides. There's no neutrality in the middle. It seems you're having that like what what's happened between that point that kind of bring you into like this apologist for atheism so i was i was torn up inside i i truly was and through that process so a lot of the apologist side for atheism was early on and when i when i okay. say when i when i start talking about being apologist right that's about defending our point of view right yeah so so i in that point i would defend um a naturalist uh a, a naturalist origin to the universe uh into or, or Interstellar evolution was something that I really loved studying and reading about. Um, I was a strong, I was a very strong believer in uh, biological evolution, um, and and as things continue to grow in that, like I, uh, so uh, at first when or once I started going into this realm, I started battling some of those things because there's no way things happen the way that they actually happen in Genesis. At least that was my argument. Yeah. I'm not stating that now. At yeah. all. I went from being a billionaire evolutionist point of view to now being a young earth creationist. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. About him too. So <laughs> this is the first time that we're meeting. So we're sitting here just going, okay, wh- where are you, dude? Where are you? So we're waiting for it to come out. So awesome. Awesome. We, I we am it. a young earth. The earth is 6,000 years old. Uh, Ooh, the young so. earth creationist. Yeah, okay. I, so I'm, so I'm, when we're talking about astrophysics. When we're talking about this, Jason Lyle, Mm-hmm. You know Jason is. Lyle is definitely cool. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Continue on. I just yeah, I'm just having my little fanboy time. So real quick, Ben. Yeah, no, no worries. Adam and I have debated someone that Jason Lyle debated, by the way. So mm-hmm. uh, we did actually debate Richard Howe uh, okay. and another oh, yeah, person, okay. and Lyle has debated him as well. So just thought I would throw that out. Uh, there's a nice. little okay. bit of we we've been fortunate where we don't know jason lyle nor have we ever had him on our program but we are one person in uh was it the kevin bacon scale yeah. uh, away yeah. from him in, in, in debate yeah six degrees right. to kevin bacon yeah so tell us a little bit about gosh it seems like a very tricky point here where you have this incredible incredibly faithful wife you have this child and you're living this double life what happens to shed light on the darkness what is this confrontation what is this this climax of where these two points because when you're hiding something you can only play that game for so long before something gets exposed you know what god is the ultimate blabbermouth and uh (laughs) but Mm. uh i will say the um I have to say it was completely the Holy Spirit working in my life. Uh, I, I can go back on so many moments in my life where I made the wrong choice, but for whatever reason, something didn't happen or there was a veer or there was something here. Uh, it, it was it was moments where um, 
there's no reason why things went the way they did, but I see God slowly working different points in my life to 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 guide me. Uh, and it came to a point on a, I think I'm pretty sure it was an Easter um, sermon, and the pastor really focused on the relationship that God. Uh, that, that God is a God of relationship, that he is a, a God that's much more of a caring parent, a caring father that loves uh, and and created us for relationship with him. It was during that moment that it hit, and all of a sudden, like I was, I was just in tears. Uh, there, there was a lot of struggle with relationship, even with my own family growing up, and then and and um, feeling like I belonged and was 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 truly loved. And there was a lot of rejection issues from from a lot of past history. But all of a sudden, it was like, wow! Even though I went through that, God is a good father, um, and is and what it, what does it mean to be a good father like it, it's a combination of both mother and father like good parent he is a good loving nurturing parent um and i had never really understood that or heard that before uh and so so it wasn't it was everything else in the past culminating up to this point because i don't know that i would have been ready to hear that until that point I went back home and I was just in tears during the service and just shaking my head, trying to trying to really understand what what was going on. And it was and the story that was told kind of resonated along with my with my childhood. At least that's how the Holy Spirit works. He's talking into my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. exactly what I need to hear Um, because the pastor seemed to know it already, which is weird. I I couldn't shake that one off. But um, the. I go home and I'm sitting there and I pull my Bible out and I'm trying to read it. I'm and, and none of the words make any sense. It's like a completely different language. Mm-hmm. It's just gibberish in front of me. Uh, and it seemed almost clear as day. Like it wasn't, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was clear as day in my heart and my mind. Like either trust in me completely and wholly or everything in your life is going to be exposed. And and mm. you, I mean, it is all going to be exposed one way or another, but either you trust in me wholly and you expose it, or you let me expose it and you try to control it. It was like just very, very clear. And I, and I, it was, it was a black and white trust fall or it was, it was a trust fall for lack of a better term. And it was my, the first of a couple trust falls for me where I said, all right, um, you know what, you know, better uh, what's better for my family. You know, what's better for my children. You know, what's better for my wife. You know, what's better than I do in every single way. And even if it means everything is gone, I give it to you. And then I confessed everything to my wife. Um, and it was, and, and, and even, and even in that moment, one of the first things I said is I can't, Right now, what I need to do is I, I, I want to help and I want to process through this and I want to uh, like help carry this, but I can't. I'm too weak and I need to work on my relationship with God before I can even begin to try to heal the damage that's been done. Mm-hmm. And I threw myself into getting to know God, mm-hmm. um, tru- truly threw myself into to listening to him 
praying, talking to him, reading through scripture, trying to understand who he was and just letting him work in my heart through that miraculous healing occurred in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely miraculous healing occurred in, my, in our marriage. It's, it, and, and, and I have to say it was, it was on both sides. Now during this entire time, it wasn't until later, my wife was praying consistently like there is something going on and I can't put my finger on it. Just please help him, whatever it takes, just help him. And, and I believe her continued prayers, but also uh, the Holy spirit working and culminating in that. And it was at that moment, it was a black and white miraculous change in my heart. I went mm-hmm. from one side to another and everything changed. The sky was, or the sky was bluer. The grass was greener. Everything in, in my perspective changed. Um, ben, and I'd love I, I, to hear this incredible thing because there's so many amazing pieces apologetically that God has uniquely equipped you with when it comes to engaging people, because I think that there is the skeptic. There is the guy who, uh, yeah, he's going along uh, with, with his wife to church, but has he truly repented and believed there's the individual who's the hardcore atheist who has dove into science, made that what they are. And God has equipped you with this amazing, uh, amazingly beautiful testimony and able enabling you to engage that person. And there's people that you'll be able to reach and speak into that I'm not going to be able to reach in and speak into. And so I just wanted to stop and celebrate that amazing thing. So sorry yeah. for me interrupting you, but I had to say yeah. something just to say. And I mean, the connection here, though, the connection here is because, like, you know, we just got to maintain, you know, we are the Tag Area podcast. So we are uh, covenantal or presuppositional apologetics um jason lyle is uh presuppositional um in the way that he does things but being the uh astrophysicist he is you know it's one of those things that we recognize the ethical issue um in man the noetic effects of sin um that even if you present a great argument in front of somebody um they're not going to accept it you know the bible even says you know even if if somebody raises up from the dead they're not going to believe and did the jews believe they saw it. They were trying to suppress. They knew it, and they're trying to suppress it because they did not want their kingdom taken away. Yet it still got destroyed, as Jesus said. You know, um, so we need to recognize that though we are presuppositional, evidence does have its place. We just need to get to that point first. But then it's guys like this that can come in once we go like, okay, here's here's Genesis nine. Here's how I can account for the uniformity of nature. I can use it. I can use science. I'm made in the image of God. I know from outside of me that I know that I'm reasonable and I can trust my reasoning. So we can set up those preconditions of intelligibility here to then go, how do we interpret the evidence as God's facts? Since, you know, are we interpreting these and making that a fact because it's what we made up with our faulty presuppositions over here? Or is this the fact of the matter in God's universe. And so, you know, that's one of those things that a lot of people will get on presuppositionalists, but you just never do evidence. And it's like, well, you never let me get there because we can't even get the truth first. We, you know, we have to get there. But it's one of those things I wanted to let you guys know if you guys are into presuppositional apologetics. And if you're not, whenever you, you hear that charge against the presuppositional dudes, um, no, this man is going to be, you know, he like we need him on the network to go, Here's how to look at the book of nature aright through the eyes given to you with the Holy Spirit. And then let's do science and let's have, you know, let's, you know, being personal too, let's take dominion 
and use science and subdue the earth for the greatness of Jesus Christ, you know? So that's the way it goes. It's a great commission work. So So just had to put that in there. Yeah. So Ben, tell me a little bit about this time where you are growing in the knowledge of the creator and how, what, what were passages that God was drawing your mind to as he uh, renewed your mind and what were voices that were speaking into you and where did that then get you to apologetics? So uh, I have to say at the moment that that happens, growth and knowledge and understanding was way beyond like it was way beyond anything I could explain. It was not the knowledge and, and understanding that I started growing in was almost immediate. Um, and, uh, going through doctrines and reading through things. I mean, I, I would read through scripture and then go back to a Bible study that we had. Um, and as I was going through, it was all of a sudden this black and white change. Like I was looking for, do I have this right? And they're like, absolutely. You're describing this better than most. Like it's, it, and it's things as I was going through and understanding, like, uh, what is the Trinity? How do we understand the Trinity? How do we, how do we, um, what is, um, what is the relationship look like? Well, how, what does it mean to glorify God? How do we glorify God? You know, how do we serve God? What, uh, and it was all, it all continued to unpack and it was little piece by piece as I was, as I was going, but the knowledge and understanding I was gaining, uh, was not by my own work. It was, it, it became very clear that God, uh, had given me a gift, um, and I desired to use that gift immediately. Uh, and, um, Amen. and one, but one thing, it was very interesting. So to go back as soon as I, um, confessed and changed almost immediately, right. Mm-hmm. A new job opportunity opened up in a different state. Boom. I was taken right out of that environment and put somewhere else. I, I moved from Maryland to upstate New York. Um, and when we were in upstate New York, it is anti-cultural to, uh, to be a Christian up there. Hmm. And the people that we were going to church, that I was going to church with, uh, Monday nights, we would have, there would be 40 guys showing up for a Bible study at, on Monday nights, yeah. like something unheard of yeah. now. Right. And here's the thing. The, People on Sunday showing up for church in general were being anti-cultural. They were there because they were seeking God wholly and desiring him. I, I mean, there was there was people there that weren't coming with their spouses because their spouses still didn't believe, but they had to be mm. there. It was yeah. it was uh, I, I was seeing the real life church coming to life around me on Monday nights, the guys gathering around, it was a true brotherhood that I saw in scripture, uh, coming together, growing in faith, growing in our relationships together, truly loving each other, like brothers, greeting each other with a hug and, and, and a kiss. Like it was just like, it was so weird. Just, uh, how much, um, we were so looking forward to just sharing, uh, being transparent in our lives, everything open on the table, no, no mm. hidden secrets. Um, we are mm. looking forward to sharing how God's been working in our lives, what he's been, uh, helping us go through all the guys pre-reading the scripture that we're going to go oh. over. So we really dive into it. Um, 
two guys, uh, like we had a, an 80 year old guy at one side of the table who's been reading the Bible for a very long time. And we had a 20 year old guy at the other end of the table who just came over into it. And the 20 year old guy turns around and says, oh, but this is what I'm getting from the scripture. And the 80 year old goes, I've been reading this for 30 years. I've never gotten that. You know, yeah. it's just the, the unpacking and the growing that would occur in this group. It was amazing. And it was heart changing. Um, and then after a couple of years in that, because I'd been in the entertainment industry so long, uh, I was really conflicted because I felt like I was working for the wrong side. Um, mm. I constantly felt like I was working for the wrong side and trying to figure out, well, let's see, I do special effects and things for a living. How do I figure that find faith or a job in faith that helps me do that? It would be probably bad to find a, a mega church where the pastor wants to fly around and then land on stage. That just probably wouldn't be a good doctrinal <laughs> thing to go out. <laughs> um, so, uh, and that's, that's a whole topic of conversation was identifying like, so many denominations how do i even start yeah. where do i start mm. but that, that we i don't think we've got enough time to even start on that <laughs> but um as but pursuing that that was i i ended up getting the opportunity to take a job at sight and sound down in in branson awesome. missouri you want to know and, something about that i installed the sound system down there so that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah? so we're we're so connected right now, dude. It's <laughs> this is awesome. So nice. yeah, whenever originally went in, yeah, the original sound system, I was a part of Sounds Great. Uh, we worked for them, and we put in uh, all the sound system from the hallways and the lobby to the main. I was 65 foot up in the air in a lift, uh, wiring up all the bananas up in the air. So pretty cool. So <laughs> man, we're so connected. I'm just I'm loving this. This is a great night. This is a great night. <laughs> but go yeah, on. Yeah, I'm. I, this is grand. <laughs> Um, I don't work there anymore. I, I, okay. I, I just recently, a couple months ago, ended up leaving. But okay. um, and it was good. It was again God's timing. He's perfect. Mm -hmm. But this was another one of the trust falls in my life uh, because I, <laughs> I mean, no offense by this to my brothers and sisters who who hear this. I come from the entertainment industry, working working Broadway national tours, Broadway shows, big shows, traveling the world, doing this with some of the best artists in the world, and I think okay, I'm going to go work for a Christian theater in Branson, Missouri. Okay, let's do this. It'll be fun. It'll yeah. be exciting. And I'm holding my breath, not, not knowing. I had never visited Sight and Sound prior to getting the job. Um, hmm. I had only had an interview and talked to my supervisor a couple times virtually. I never went, or I never went out for the visit ahead of time before I accepted the job. My family and I, we loaded everything up and moved out to Branson. That was the first time we'd been hmm. into Branson. Um, so complete trust fall. I got, okay, if this is the direction you want us to go, let's do this. And in doing so, I took a, a massive pay deduction. It was just like, okay, I'm taking this and I'm doing this. God, to you be the glory. I trust you completely. Your will be done. Hmm. We got up, we left Branson, Missouri, and it was good. It was a blessing. Um, and right before I left, I met with my pastor. And he said one thing that has impacted my ministry more than anything else as I came down here. Ben, when you, uh, when you uh, became a believer, you came here to get the heart surgery that you needed before you went out there because you're going to encounter a very different version of Christianity. You're going to encounter cultural Christianity mm. and, 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 uh, and it's going to, it's going to be very, very different. So be ready mm. for that. 
And wow, was that true? I was nowhere near ready enough. Uh, or I, I, I wasn't. God knew what he was doing. I, I wasn't ready. I, I went from like this brotherhood of Christianity. was just like, yes, I can't wait. I'm going to the Bible Belt. This is going to be fire. It's so exciting. <laughs> and I got out here and I was like, okay, where's the Bible study? <laughs> Anybody? Yeah, the, the Bible Belt is a pejorative. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the few things that I went to, uh, a lot of the Bible studies that I went to were like script based. It was like, oh, we're going to, we're going to pull this book off the shelf and kind of go through this book. Uh, one of the Bible studies I remember, uh, I called the church ahead of time. It was down at, um, uh, Branson Baptist, um, first Baptist church Branson. And I, I found out there was a men's Bible study that, that was going on every week and I got super excited and I went down there and all the doors are locked and I'm walking around trying to figure out the doors and then no one's there. No one's there. So, so I sit out there for probably a half an hour thinking I'm just like early or late or something. And then I left, um, called the church and confirmed like, this is when the Bible study is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just must not have met last week, but definitely this week I went back out there again. Nothing. This happened for over a month. And then finally, like I connected with somebody like, oh yeah, they take summers off. This is a totally foreign concept to me, like taking the summer off from Bible study. Cause it, it's in, at least where I came from, this is a life. Like this is this new life that I'm experiencing mm. is, is just fire. It's we, we love God. We're there for God. We're not there for any other purpose. And then all of a sudden when we're taking a break from that, I feel like that's a separate, it felt like a separation. I didn't understand it, but sure. I mean, new place, new environment and kept pursuing that. It took me a long time. I tried to start my own Bible study and that, that was really hard, but all of a sudden I went into what I would consider the drought of my faith, um, mm -hmm. where I was thirsty for that fellowship, thirsty for that relationship with fellow believers. And I, I and again, I, you know, I was working at sight and sound and also trying to pursue this, same passion and 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 not that and it was just different but i also understand or at least through the small amount of experiences you know being raised christian um there are a number of uh, believers that are passionate and that were raised christian coming all the way up but then i also just it was very hard to find that same same uh passion once i got out here um so it took a while, uh, and we bounced around from church to church for a while, uh, and um, it took a while because the most important thing is finding the church was good expositional teaching uh, and good fellowship relationship and good doctrines. I, I mean, and, and I would say all three of them were vitally important with each other. The the hard Agreed. part, the, the hard part is the relationship. That's that's just the hardest part because relationally. Yeah almost every church you go into, you feel pretty good for the first couple months and everybody's really happy to have you there until they realize you're coming every week. And then all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, yep. there's nothing there, you know, in trying to plug in and pursue things and, and do whatever you can. Anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm diving off on, on kind of my story once I got out here. Um, but that was, that, that, that was an impact for me, but it was also a very much a growing experience in the culture that we are in now. Uh, and one of the one of the things that really lit my heart was for the lost that are among us, the yeah. the 
believers or the the people in the pew every week that hear the message every week, but don't have any idea what it means to have a relationship with God. Mm. Um, they hear it all the time, but they, 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 that relationship is missing. And that, so that's a huge thing that a weight that got put on my heart um, was what can I do in order to inspire and light that fire? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. That's a, that's as a huge, huge story. Yeah. And as yeah. you're going through some of that, are there any particular theologians or apologists that you began to kind of pick up on and think, man, obviously Jason Lyle is something I would assume yeah. then that also is some answers in Genesis. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you get into that and how God just develops a greater, I mean, obviously God has gifted you with a mind uh, regarding scientific things, and you're feeding that from a Christian worldview now. So tell me a little bit about that journey. So, yeah, I mean, I would uh, let's see. On. I, 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 I wrote a small note. Sorry, down I got a little bit I got a little bit out of order on my list there. <laughs> no, I, I got passionate and started driving off. It happens. <laughs> It's all good. We're informal. Remember, I only have an hour. Oh, you're you're good. You got more than that. Are incredibly important, brother, and Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. So thank you. So someone, uh, my pastor um, John Torres, uh, up in upstate New York. I still see him as a strong, good theologian, Mm -hmm. um, and I was very happy with his, uh, with a lot of um, his good expositional teaching. and the, my brotherhood up there was really amazing. Uh, outside of that, um, I listened to Timothy Keller uh, quite a bit. That was kind of one of the first ones that, that I started getting into. Um, and then and then I found out about John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. And wow. Um, <laughs> yes. Amen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the... Um, but those those are the ones that really I have to say stand out was was uh, uh, so for me the first thing that I had to do was reconcile what I was believing with the scripture with the Bible, and the one thing that I had used as an excuse and used as an argument in the past is that the scripture is unreliable because it was written by man, um, even if it was inspired by God at some particular point in time it was it's been um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it, it isn't what yeah. was originally written. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. wasn't what's originally there. We've got so many copies. How do we even know what's true? Um, and then we have so many different versions now. How do we even uh, decipher which ones are supposed to be what? That was the very first thing I probably dove after, after just like, God, okay, tell me where it is. And unpacking that was a journey itself, but then that's what led me to believe that we have to believe in the Bible. The tradition is the one thing that man has influence over that can be uh, that can lead us away from the truth. So what do we have uh, in history in order to help us know what God uh, said, what he wants us to do, where he is? And then I truly believed that the Bible is the inspired word of God and started to unpack what he said about himself. Um, and yeah, there's some traditions that do ma- do align with scripture. So I say, yeah, right on. But then other yeah. traditional things that don't. And then I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Well, where are these things coming from? That drove me into um, 
denomination struggles and like who who believes what and what's believed and that was a long process identifying denominational elements because some of it is not as clear as you would think they are yeah especially not being raised in this environment Mm. um it it just it hasn't been so anyway uh to, to to get back to to kind of the topic it was about unpacking each one of those um and really leaning into that so then i started uh that's really when I realized that anything I hear anybody talk about, any pastor that I hear, anything else that I hear from outside, I need to stop and look at it in scripture and read through it myself and make sure that what's actually being said is being said. Now, that being said, my wife early on used to listen to Joyce Meyer, and I'd sit there and listen to Joyce Meyer with her. I didn't know any better. Yeah. And 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 it was and that was uh, kind of an eye opening thing. To be honest, I probably would have listened to Joel Olstein and not known any better because hmm. it's like that. That's what it, that's what it, that's what it is to me. Right. It's just, you know, what what does it mean? What does it mean to, to believe and follow? So yes. um, then when I started seeing different things come out uh, and different things being said and how it was being there, then I really started being very careful about who I was listening to as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that, those are certain things. Um, one of the things that's interesting is like Francis Chan, uh, and, and his crazy love, right. Help me mm-hmm. feel, help me feel encouraged in a way in, in a dry environment. And that shift coming out here that my passion and my love for Christ is not crazy. Right. It is crazy love that was poured out on me. So but again, like there's some other things that I have questions about on that side that, that I, I probably wouldn't, you know, promote. But it was a and that was one of the pieces is there's a lot of people that have experienced different things in different ways. And I want to learn from wh- however God has inspired them and, and shared things with them, as long as it aligns with what we have in Scripture. Amen. So, so, so some of the names I might not agree 100% with. Um, I might only agree 10% if what they say is good on this topic. That doesn't mean that uh, that I believe in everything they say. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, so that that was really when I started diving into those pieces. That was those were the pieces that helped me dissect um, what it was I believed. Uh, once I knew what Scripture said, now I had to get over this Genesis chapter one thing. Hmm. That's where I was and going that was next. Process. Yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. Let's get into yeah. because this is like whenever you go onto your bio, what you share, you know, having tough conversations, getting to the natural science versus evolution science and all that kind of stuff. So you know, give a uh, you can and utilizing your testimony too, and and just all this. Uh, you know, being a good Berean is basically what you're saying. You know, like you're doing what Paul would commend you for doing if even if he showed up in your living room and gave you the gospel. Right. Um, so kind of you, you can utilize that. But like, let's get into um, just giving people that watch this. Um, hopefully they have searched the Internet going apologist in my area. I want to have apologists come. It's in the area and uh, you pop up and they watch a vi- watch this and go, OK, what are you going to what do you would you like to come and talk about um, and bring their church um, in and come alongside them to win them over to this uh, biblical thing and then look at science um, and look at, you know, what observation is and all and the method of science through that lens. No, that's an excellent question. Um, wow, there's a lot to unpack with that question too. Yeah, but it's just kind of like you know, give an example. Like, you know, just kind of go through like what you what you say you offer. You know, and yep. just kind of give a yep. little sneak uh, peek into what they could 
possibly ask you to come talk about, you know? Yep. No, that's a great question. Yeah. So uh, one of the one of the great things or one of the things I feel like uh, God has given me an opportunity to do is um, to be able to play both sides. Well, I can come in and have the conversation, but in that, give the audience or the, the people who are there the opportunity to talk to me as I was before. So being able to go back and forth on the intellectual side and have the argument with myself and <laughs> help walk through that conversation. Now, that being said, so Sean McDowell is actually I, I like Sean McDowell as as an apologist. That's one of the things that he's he's done uh, in the past. But um, so out of the number of things that that I like to share. So um, an apologetics 101 piece, the most important thing for all of us is to remember that whatever it is we're doing, when we're having these conversations, the purpose of that conversation is to share the freedom and the relationship and the amazing grace that God has given to us, we want to share that with somebody else. It's yes. not about forcing knowledge. It's not, and in most cases, like you said before, one when somebody's there, the immediate thing they're going to do is jump to the defensive if mm -hmm. you're there. So we need to navigate the conversation in such a way that we let the Holy Spirit guide it. And that we need to um, so we need to surrender to the Holy Spirit, but rem always remember, no matter what the conversation is, whether it is abortion, whether it's homosexuality, no matter what the conversation is, we need to remember our own sin first and the depravity that we suffered without Christ when mm -hmm. we share that freedom with somebody else, because what yes. they're experiencing in their life in that is that same depravity, that same sin, no matter what it is. I mean, um, it, 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 no matter what that sin is that is in their life, we're the last people to judge because we mm. are far guiltier in, in that moment. Like, but thank God we are free from our, mm -hmm. or we are free from the punishment that we deserve. And we want them to experience that as well. So mm -hmm. that's one of the first things I hit, like an apologetics one-on-one. I really uh, seek or to go after that um, and to help people understand the purpose. Now I also get into some of the details and unpacking and answering questions uh, the, in, in order to really get um in order to offer a little bit more uh, knowledge in different areas. Um, the other one that you talk about, so navigating difficult conversations yeah. is really, yeah. you know, when you, when we get challenged by someone who is angry, who, who is passionate, who is uh, from the other side that is wanting to challenge us, right? Whether it's on the street because we're wearing a shirt or whether we're, um, doesn't matter what it is. The point at that at that moment, first of all, surrender to, to the Holy Spirit and let him guide the conversation, because sometimes just walk away is exactly what we need to do. Mm. But if we are in a situation where we are uh, dealing with a difficult conversation, it's about stopping to ask questions and listening. It's about developing the relationship with the person to get to the foundation of what they believe. Once we understand the foundation of what they believe, they're far more open to listen to anything that we have to say. And we can then talk to them from the point that they are at. And I, I use mm -hmm. Paul as the example when, uh, when, when he went up to, uh, when he was in Greece, right? Yep. Going to uh, the, taking Jerusalem to Athens as uh, Cornelius Van Til would say. Yes. Yep. 
Yep. So, so it's, it's a matter of just taking the time to listen. So, and James White probably says it the best, like there's the, every apologist, everybody who's going in is looking for that ration box where we can get both sides in the perfect box of rationality and we can just reason everything out. And then of course they're going to walk away with all of the knowledge we've just imparted because it's perfectly balanced reason. That's never going to happen in <laughs> yeah, any conversation. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so, so what we need to do is be ready to surrender our own pride, surrender ourselves, and let the Holy Spirit do the work. We need to listen and let them know that this is a relationship because that's the reflection. This is about a relationship with God, the God, and we need to uh, be the reflection of that relationship and listen and offer that relationship to the other person. So um, – navigating that difficult conversation and being able to do that because sometimes and this is a hard thing right all scripture is useful for teaching uh rebuking yes. and, and reproving right it, it's it's right there um but even if somebody is off if they're passionate and and like they're, sh they're they're spewing stuff out and the stuff that they're saying is incorrect that may not be the time to do it stop wait listen to what they're saying, help or wait until you can get to the bottom of why they believe that or where the anger is coming from before you just correct. Um, and that's that's kind of that piece. Ben, yeah. it has been incredible to see you actually work through all of the questions that yeah. we had to present to you. Uh, your preparation is uh, impeccable, and uh, I'm excited about that. My my one thing that I've really enjoyed is. Uh, you focus so much on getting your heart right in apologetics. And I just give all the praise to God in that here is a guy who was looking forward to bashing people's worldviews and doing so to demonstrate his intellectual superiority to now looking at people's souls and seeing that as, wait, mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. It's not about winning an argument. It's not about showing you how incredibly intelligent I am and how dumb you are. It's, wait a second, is your heart ready to share the gospel, to defend the truth? And that's something that I think is lacking. Uh, too often I am abrasive uh, and not near as graceful as I could. And I think that what you have there is. I, I, I'm guilty of that piece. too, brother. Don't all, <laughs> all three of us here. <laughs> all, definitely all three of us here. It, you know, it comes out and, you know, whenever I was uh, speaking yesterday, you know, I, I had to be like, you know, we're talking to rebellious truth suppressors. They know mm -hmm. they have knowledge. They kind of, they're getting it from here and it's coming through clearly and they have it in here and it's clear because they're created too yet they're ethically they're so against god we and and i had to go and such were some of you as paul would interject so we have to definitely always like he is like he's saying he's bringing in the such were some of you that paul brought to his people and uh you know so you know we can we can still be abrasive um, and we're all in sanctification mode and that's what we're trying to bring people into. And so it is getting to that heart. That's why there's biblical counseling. And, you know, that's whenever I was writing on a book, um, that came out, uh, that I read on biblical counseling and the culture of care of the church, uh, the Vantillian arrow aimed at the heart. So we're not trying to do the head knowledge stuff. We're trying to get to that heart issue. And it's like, we're biblically counseling people. Um, whenever we're doing apologetics anyway, we're trying to find out what is that? issue and then try to put that gospel salve on it we're just trying to get the conversation to that point you know and we're not going to get it through the head but we're going to get to the heart 
And so I'm glad that you're bringing in that relational element because I need it. You know, that's something that mm-hmm. I've told uh, my my pastors at church and, and the people around me. It's like, I, I have this. I know I have this. And I know that when I'm not feeling so good in my soul that I have enough knowledge to be like David, you know, let your head like this is what I tell people. If you're if you if you can't feel like you're you're feeling less, at least go to Psalm 42 and 43 and just tell your heart what's up. Like tell your soul what's up, but you got to get to that heart moment and we've got to be able to do this and we all stink at it. So, you know, one of the purposes that we have at our podcast is we love for Missouri Baptist apologists to share Mm -hmm. about projects that they're working on. Yes. Number one, we we hope that you being on our program results in somebody contacting you. Uh, in fact, Adam and I were talking about this. I think that our podcast has probably invited more uh, network members on to come and share than uh, than churches have invited them to come, which is a shame. Um, not because we're so great, but because uh, there's great opportunities. And so I want to kind of do two things real quick. One, one thing I want to tell you is, hey, now that you're a member of the network, you know, always feel free to contact us. If you have some teaching that you'd like to go through, if you find some article that you'd like to discuss and unpack, we we offer an opportunity for you to come on. Uh, we are always looking for content. And we say that we, we're never hungering for content, but we're always looking for things. And so we, we always want to invite you. If something is pressing, uh, if you have a project, if you write a book or, or a blog article that you're really looking forward to pushing out, let us help you plug that. That's one of our key connections. I believe that networking is so important, particularly in Christian ministry. So always want to put that out there. But do you have some projects that you're really excited about that you've been uh, able to spend some time on, a blog that you work on or a, a newsletter that you can maybe tell us just a little bit about uh, that you're excited about? Or maybe it's one of the Bible studies that you're in right now uh, that maybe someone close to you is within driving distance able to either go and see or maybe it's available online for them to watch. So tell us a little bit about some of those things as well. Sure. And and one there's one other thing that I did want to yeah, say about uh, about some of the stuff that I do and I can offer. Yeah. So while that is apologetics 101 and navigating difficult conversations, once you get through that, you need to be prepared to answer the questions. Right. Mm, yeah. So answering the questions about result, what is what does a Christian believe? Does science and uh Christianity conflict or do they align? And that's the, those are the questions that I go after from uh, astronomy, from uh, biology, geology, and then also is scripture reliable? I know there's a lot of uh, other apologists that we have in the network that are probably far better at that than I am. And I would definitely uh, say, you know, reach out to some of them. But at the same time, I definitely did do my study into what that is. So, again, if we yeah. if uh, any of those topics, as far as covering those, those are also things that that uh, I, I also offer as far as ministry and, and diving into those. Um, as to the current uh, as to current ministry right now, this is still very new for me. So I haven't really launched into too many things. You know, it's been bouncing back and forth. What do I do with this? You know, God, you've given me this and time right now. You know, I just want to surrender. What do you want? Um, right now, I I do lead a Bible study um, the second and fourth Sunday of every month at um, Hopedale Baptist Church in Ozark. 
Uh, that's my that's my home church. Uh, as and if there's any youth that are listening to this, I also do the or I also come in and speak to the youth the last Wednesday of every month at Hopedale Baptist. Um, where and actually that's turned into a bit of a session where Chris or sorry where Kevin uh, the youth pastor just turns around and says. Um, uh, stump Ben. He calls it the Stump Ben session, where <laughs> awesome. they could just come awesome. in and ask any question, no matter what it is, and I will uh, and I will uh, do my best to answer it and talk to them about it. So there's no question uh, that's off the table. Anything is open. Uh, so it just gives me an opportunity to let them uh, guide the conversation. Um, so uh, and those and those and that's something else I do offer as well. If somebody wants wants that to happen, I can come in and talk to a youth group or something or even a congregation. But um, those are the two things that I have right now. Um, if you're interested in getting a hold of me, uh, you can yes. send an e or send me an email. Uh, it's ben.nafis at gmail.com. Uh, just first first period last name ben dot nafus n-e-a-f-u-s at gmail.com um and then you can also give me a call uh anytime uh my phone number is 417-337-2482 um if anybody's listening that has questions or, or there's things going on in their heart they're always welcome to give me a call as well um i'd, I'd love to to maybe get coffee or, or talk through some stuff so. Yes, and for those people on the that see it on the YouTubes anyway, I got my iPad out here. If you go to Missouri Baptist, they're the Apologetics Network website, so it's mobaptist.org slash apologetics, right? And you're going to see this, and then what you can do is you can kind of scroll, and then you start seeing pictures. There's my pretty face, and hey, we've had Chris Bass on the show before. We've had Tristan, and so we've had Ed. We've had uh, Hayashi, Will Hoffman, Travis Serenic. Uh, Dennis Jackson and look it's Benjamin he's right here he's right here so you click that and it says more information click that again and you're going to end up going to his his uh, own little personal page here and it's got all his information so it's got his uh you know he's a lay leader from Ozark Missouri it's got his bio biographical information it's got his topics covered and his phone number's there and then there's a little link to email so Right there is a one-stop shop for all his information. Make sure you go there, and then you can find the other uh, people on the network to find out their little specialties, how close are they, contact them. We all want to show up. Like I did, I, I finally uh, got the call from a guy named Cody Harlow up in Camdenton, uh, Missouri, and for yesterday, and I actually got to work with Rob Phillips, and he was speaking uh, morning and evening, and I got to do a little uh, afternoon section or a session on covenantal apologetics. So we're we're here, we're out there. We want to serve you and serve our Missouri Baptist churches. And so yes, we got another um, great story. So he's got a great story. He's got a lot of trials that he went through that God put him through for a purpose. Um, we know that everything that God does is for a purpose. Dave's got that website um, up there a little bit better than my iPad can show you. But yeah, there it is. There it is. There's his personal Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network page. So please go to that. Please give him a call. Please give him an email. Say hi. Um, say, uh, you know, tell him your name. Um, ask him questions, whatever it is. But, hey, how about bring him to your church, bring him to your small group, bring him to your youth group, and uh, have a really good discussion because this guy sounds like he wants to bring you to the Bible. That's the mm. big difference in apologists. Are they going to give you the, just the information send you home, and then you go do your monkey see, monkey do apologetics and copy and paste stuff from carm.org, or are you going to go to the Bible? Are you going to bring people to the Bible 
to bring them to Christ so that they can be your brother or sister. So it comes down to that relationship. Um, beautiful thing. So uh, thank you so much for uh, just making yourself available um, for the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. Glad to meet you for the first time, even though we uh, live uh, in pretty close and it seems like we should be running in the same circles at some level. But now that I'm a barber, I'm sort of out of the uh, the music and the uh, sound <laughs> sound scene anyway. But it's just it's awesome to get to know you. And so we'll have to uh, if we're in the area, we got to have coffee together sometimes. Then I want to extend the invitation to you. We have extended this to numerous apologists in the network. And I do believe that some have uh, God bless them. They've not always taken advantage of it. If you have a class or a course that you want to talk through, please engage us. Say, hey, I've got an idea for a program. We will book you. We want you on. We want to promote what God is doing through you. Uh, and and that is not uh, not that we're anything big, but we really believe that one of our goals has been to promote network apologists. And so anything we can ever do to help get any of your work out or plug it, please let us know. You don't have to start your own podcast. You can create some shows that you help. Well, you can be yeah. We we like we like to have uh, Taggart fellows. Yes. So you can be a Taggart fellow, like a specialty that you would like to focus on. We can call you up on say something comes up in a current event we want to talk about and like, Hey, he would be able to help us and we can have a three person show and get another head on it. Or, um, we had a, a think Institute. Um, Oh, now it's leaving. I, I got set it in my case. head. Joel so, yeah. Set a case. We had him and he actually walked us through his demonstration of the reductio ad absurdum and how Jesus utilizes it. Um, in Matthew four, Three, I think that's where it was. Matthew 12, 12. Um, so like, so he did that. So he kind of gave his almost his his demonstration. So if you haven't listened to that, go back in the catalog because that's cool because that's a demonstration. But I know sounds like you might have something that just short little show length demonstration. Would love to have you on. So it's it's been a pleasure, uh, yes, Benjamin, right. to have you right. on the Tag Your It podcast. So continue. And I live in another state, work. so just so yeah. you know, I'm I actually am a pastor in Kansas, but I'm like four miles from the Missouri state line. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I I, I yeah. teach in in Missouri. So, <laughs> well, well, Ben, what a blessing it is to have you on. Thank you, brother. Uh, we encourage you if you can make it to St. Charles, please. We'd love to be able to meet you face to face. But if not, there'll be other opportunities. Uh, but Adam, I'll turn things over to you as you send us out. All right. Well, guys, thank you for uh, watching and listening and, uh, you know, whatever, however you got a hold of this. Thank you for taking your time. And we hope that uh, this edifies you and just uh, gives uh, provides you another resource um, to be able to utilize as we are one body. We are many members. And so God has given us different gifts to edify uh, one another. So let us do the one another's, please. We are begging to do one another's big time. Um, and then not, not only just stay in our own little church bubbles and our own autonomous church churches as Baptists. We want to cooperate. That's mm. the big thing. The cooperative program is why Missouri Baptists are coming together and why the Southern Baptists come together. And so we can also not just give money. We can cooperate in real life. So please uh, contact the Missouri Baptist apologists and have them come and uh, serve you. And uh, I can't stress that enough, but it, it was very fun yesterday. So I'm riding high off of that just to being able to do that. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much, Ben, Dave. I hope you have a good evening yourself after this wonderful program. I know I will, and I know that I uh, this is a week late, but I'm going to – okay, well, you can go for that <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't matter. That stuff is – 
but it's fun to watch while we're here. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, with that said, this is the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van And we have Ben Nathan. And Soli. Yeah. Gloria. <laughs>